1: And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl, Amy here today, dejected and sad with the victorious Larry Levine. Larry, congratulations on the Rams' victory. I am, uh, I'm devastated.
0: Hey, we're hey, I you know I I already told you that we'd still be friends, but I I just have to ask one question, okay, Daryl. All right, lay it on me. How about them
1: Cowboys? Oh, my goodness. Forget it. Come on, man. Hey, uh, welcome back to the Song of the Heart <laughs> podcast. We're glad you're here. You're glutton, <laughs> But the gloating, it just needs to stop, Larry. It just needs to stop. The game's over. Um, I'm not sure whether we're still going to be friends, but I- I'm glad you're confident. Hey, for those of you who just joined us, you've joined a growing uh, and uh, punchy, somewhat irreverent community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding value, doing the hard work. We call it selling from the heart. And uh, Larry, last week's episode is getting a lot of comments back and forth. I hope uh, as, as people are starting to take the challenge to really dig in and write their backstory and understand what got them to where they are right now. Um, that's been fun having those conversations this week.
0: No, it it, it has been. And furthermore, I, I'm just, I'm just so happy selling from the heart's making a difference. I just had to say that, Daryl, I don't know. I don't know why, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't see somebody making some reference to the book. And I, and I just have to say to everyone who's read it, to all the listeners of the podcast from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and by the way, just a huge shout out of thank you to all the folks who've given us references on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word. Uh, we've got some t-shirts on the way, and and if you want to give us a reference, I think we can we can uh, shake loose of a couple more t-shirts. Just put the reference on iTunes, give us a good review, send us your uh, name and email, and we'll we'll get you some of those awesome selling from the heart shirts. But we've got a fantastic guest here today, Larry. Why don't you introduce our guest, and we're going to get into a topic that I think is going to be very, very valuable to everybody listening.
0: Well, I, I'm, I can't wait to dive into what we're going to speak about with Meredith. But I wanted, to, before we do that, and I, I want to give a special shout-out to, to a good friend, Jeff Pajoric because Meredith's past and my past crossed because of Jeff. And I just wanted to say, Jeff, thank you. But without further ado, I can't wait to dive into the message behind Meredith Messenger. Isn't that cool? So Meredith welcome to Sales Messenger, <laughs> yeah. right here on the Selling for the Heart podcast. What's going on, Meredith?
2: Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. Oh, and you listen, congratulations on all the traction you're getting, the attention that you're getting, the word that you're spreading out there, the book, the podcast, all of it. It's amazing. And you really are making a difference. You guys should feel really good about what you're doing. Oh, uh, well, uh, thank it's you.
1: It's fun to really see it great. resonating. And I think uh you know, and when you think about what you're doing with selling with soul and, and the, just the growing movement out there of sales reps that are saying, hey, I want to get real, you know, and, and when we start getting real, we start getting results. And but I'm curious, as we get started in all of this, you know, we ask all of our guests the question and I'll throw it over to you, Meredith, is what does it mean to you when you hear the word selling from the heart?
2: you're driven by your why, right? And I don't care what you sell. I don't care what business you're in. You got to have a higher purpose for what you're putting out into the world. And so using that why letting your passion show through in everything that you do, Mm -hmm. bringing your real self to the table, like you said, and having a little bit of fun, like this whole thing does not have to be as serious as I think we make it sometimes. So be yourself, bring value, and you're selling from the heart.
1: Wow. That's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, but, but,
0: but it's, but it's, but it's interesting. Um, and I had the luxury of really getting to know Meredith. We had, we had a great conversation recently and, and, you know, I always say in order to really share value, right? Because we throw that value word around, especially in sales so much, we got to understand what value really means And, I mean, I buy into the why wholeheartedly, right, the passion, the purpose, and and all this, and really have pride in what you do. But I want our listeners to really understand when you go down the path of using that word value, Mm -hmm. you got to be able to back it up.
2: Mm. Yeah, you just hit a kind of a—I want to say a nerve or maybe a sales nerve with me. We (laughs) overuse the word value in our industry. And so many times when we're interacting with entrepreneurs or, or sellers who are trying to up their game or maybe struggling, they say they provide value, but they can't define what value is. And so it's one of those things that I think we got to get really clear on what we mean when we say provide value. And then, um, you know, guys, we got to ask, we got to ask our clients, what what's valuable for them? Absolutely. Not what's what not what do we think is valuable, what's valuable for them.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and it's really interesting because that's going to steer right into you know what we're going to talk about on the podcast. But you bring up a, a, a mm-hmm. just a point that I just love is if you want to understand what value is, you got to go face to face with your clients and really get from their perspective. What is value? Because right. otherwise, you'll never be in a line. At least that's my opinion on this, mm-hmm. is because so often in sales, we have this assumption of what value is, but we don't understand what's value from our client's perspective.
2: Well, that's right. And I always have this phrase, like if you're seller focused, if you're focused on selling, you can't be focused on your buyer at the same time. It's physically impossible for our brains to do that. But essentially, when we're defining the value, we're not being buyer focused, we're not being buyer centric. And so that can detract from the whole buyer's journey and your ability to do your job and do it well.
1: Yeah, that's so good. Well, speaking of the buyer's journey today, we want to focus on the I guess the the tail part of the buyer's journey, which is is managing and mining um, and developing relationships with our clients. And as we've been talking uh, before the podcast, one of the things I know that you're really passionate about is helping sales professionals find the opportunities inside their current client base and find the, the, uh, the gold mine for the gold inside, uh, inside those relationships. And uh, you know, I want to, we're really excited to talk about that today but, you know, as, as we're thinking about going in and finding the opportunities inside the client relationships, I can't think of a better place to start that, um, that process, if you will, than having a conversation with our clients about what they really value and what is really important to them. Boy, talk about the beginning of, of a, a journey to go deeper inside a client base, right? How does that mm. look in terms of, of what you've seen out there and what you're coaching people towards?
2: how does it look in terms of, of how do you do it or the value that it provides or both? Well,
1: a little bit of both. Yeah. I'm just kind of throwing yeah. out there to, to get the conversation going around this.
2: Yeah. You know, I, so, so many of us have casual conversations with our clients and we were talking about this a little bit pre-show, right? Yeah. And we, we do those casual check-ins and we say things like, you know, how are your family, you know, did your wife Finally go into retirement, whatever it is, right? We're yeah. asking. How about questions.
1: those rams? Exactly. How
2: about those rams? Or, you know, you grab a beer or whatever, drink with a client. And then we leave feeling really satisfied. Like, hey, I'm really maintaining this relationship. And the yeah. reality is that you're not. <laughs> you're really oh, not, right? Ouch. From, from, well, so from a business perspective, you haven't done your job. Mm. You haven't you haven't asked the really important questions that allow you to gain the insights that you need to grow and manage these relationships. Mm. And I actually, I have a term for this. I call it old school selling versus new school selling. And I think in the old world, there was a lot of that, but today's modern buyer demands more substance from you. They Mm -hmm. just do. If you want to continue that client relationship and really over time, develop something pretty impactful with them, you need to understand their business.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And I go, wow. I, I just thought about this and, and, and I'm, and I'm listening and I go, you know what, can you imagine delivering an experience and delivering some substance and delivering some insight around stuff that people cannot find on the internet?
2: That's right. Yeah.
1: Very good. Exactly. Think about that one for a second. Exactly. At the end of the day. And I think that's, you know, walking into those, those relationships and, and, you know, once the, once the deal's over, you're right. I think the old school says, okay, well, let's just maintain the the friendship. Let's, you know, let's build that relationship. And when the sale comes around again, we'll got dive back into get back to business. But the reality is in, in, it doesn't really matter what, what you sell or what industry you're in, there's always more value that can be added. In fact, um, a lot of times you really have to compete to get the business for the first time. The real opportunities are inside your customer base where you already have that relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and for your company, or if you're an entrepreneur or a business mm-hmm. owner listening to this, mm-hmm. the acquisition cost, just the opportunity cost alone, and the idea of growing an account versus getting a new account yeah. is tremendous. So the economics behind it make far more sense and, and then when you think about protection mode, right, like all as a sales professional, all that effort that you put into getting that client the first time,
1: uh-huh. all
2: the trials and tribulations, the value, the steps that you went through, all of it is wasted if you don't find a way to continue that relationship and protect it, because there's always someone out there who wants them yeah, and they'll go after them. And if you're not working on it, they're going to leave.
0: Yeah, no, and, and, and rightfully so. And, you know, I'll throw my, you know... I'm going to date myself a little bit, but that's okay. Is, you know, through all the decades that that I was in, in the sales world, one of the things that I loved talking about all the time was the experience that you'll get if you choose to do business with me, because I think there's one experience and that's the experience they get up until the point that they agree to do business with you. That's one experience. Then I think the next experience is okay. Now the clock starts ticking once everything's been implemented then they're going to go, okay, did this person, right, did Larry actually follow through with what he said he was going to do and what's he do, What's he's done to enhance that experience? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think people are missing the boat out on is they're the knight in shining armor up until that point. Mm-hmm. And then what happens after that, complacency starts setting and they go, okay, now I don't have to work as hard at mm-hmm. it. Thus fill in the blanks with all the excuses that start to happen.
2: Yeah. Well, 100%. Now marry that with what if you could completely define and understand how that person wants to go through the experience with you in each of those stages? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it that they're like very precisely? What is it that they're looking for at each of those stages? How do they want to be communicated with? What type of interactions are they expecting? So if you can mine that information from your current client base, if you can go in and you can say, here are my very best customers, the ones I want more of, and then systematically ask them those questions, you can deliver the experience that they want.
0: Mm. Yeah. You know what's really interesting, but there's a lot of fear. There's a lot, and this is just my take. I think there's a lot of fear from a salesperson's perspective on, they don't want to get exposed because they know what's going to happen. Deep down inside, they go, I know what's going to happen. I'm setting myself up. So therefore if I don't ask it, I kind of brush it under the rug and then we move on, but you got to be in, and, and, and Daryl knows this, man, I, I was extremely vulnerable as a salesperson still am today. As I just throw it out there, I roll my sleeves up and I really want to get to know that person and what makes that person tick. And you just got to be curious. And you got to ask the questions because if you don't, then what? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and I, I, Not to sound overly tough, but my question then is, if you can't have, if you don't want to put yourself out there and have the courage to figure out how to do this the very best that you can, then you'll keep doing it at the same level you're doing it now but you'll expect better results. You'll never improve. So you have to figure out how to do that. And if you can't do it on your own, there are coaches like myself or consultants or individuals who are really good at setting up those interviews and mining for the gold and helping you understand how to translate Uh that into sales actions. So there's help. Right. And, um, but, but I do think it's something that we have to do to bring ourselves to the next level.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, if you look at a growth strategy, you know, we're at the beginning of the year. Obviously, a lot of us are thinking about, you know, what are we going to do this year different than last year. Um, a really smart path to run down to really think about your growth is looking at your customer base and how can I get deeper um, and more involved? How can I bring more insight? How can I add more value to my current customer base? And and just doing that by itself could yield. Tremendous results mm-hmm. this year in, in additional business and hopefully profitable business. How how would you coach a sales rep? That but you know, so let's let's say we've got some folks that are listening right now that are just kind of getting convicted about this to go. Yeah, you know, if I'm really gut level honest with myself, I, I'm an old school rep. I maintain the relationship. I wait for the deal to come around again. I may maybe ask for referrals, but I really don't apply myself to to going deep and trying to add more value what would you say to that person would be what what what's a good path to begin that mm. journey to go deeper
2: yeah you know what, so this it's funny that you asked me that i actually just recently had a conversation on this i do a significant amount of work in the insurance industry mhm insurance agencies specifically. Mm -hmm. And they have a phrase in that industry that, um, the marketing reps, the sales reps that come in, they call them donut droppers because they bring food and provide no value. They refuse to meet with them. The principals, the leaders are
1: valuable. They're good. They're tasty. Donuts are valuable. they are in Boston, right? It's Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin'
2: Dunkin' Donuts. Donuts Donuts, You got it. Yeah. Donuts are valuable. (laughs) So I just kind of throw that out there. We
1: got donut (laughs) droppers.
2: Donuts are good, but they're not going to pay your bills right? If you yes. want to get the attention of your, your leadership, your, your decision makers, you need to figure out how to differentiate, differentiate yourself, get yourself out of the donut category and into the value added category. And I think the first step in doing that, and most people struggle because they're afraid they don't have anything to add. Mm-hmm. So the first step in overcoming that is becoming a real student of the industry, like Absolutely a real bad. student. Yeah. You know, like I studied when I was in insurance, I was on all the publications. I went to all the talks. I knew about all the trends before my agents did so that I could deliver that to them. Mm. I spent time in their offices, watching their staff, evaluating what was going on so that I could say, Hey, I was in your office on Monday. I really think there's an opportunity to do X, Y, and Z. Let's sell more of that. Here's how I can help you. Maybe I can give them some sales training And, and maybe we can put a goal out there and they can sell stuff for my company. Yeah, you bring
0: up a good point because I, I I wrote about it in Selling from the Heart, and and really what stemmed me writing about it is the work I do not for profit inside the community and and I'm past president. uh, And I'll say it of of my Kiwanis organization here in the city that I live. And I remember a past school teacher who's, who's running like the County teachers association, the, the County that I live in here. And she said, you know what, when she was a teacher and what she coaches teachers on now is she goes, you have to understand 10 times the amount of content that your students may know, because you never know the question That's that he's going to ask. Not that you have to be a walking, talking, you know, Google encyclopedia of information. Right now, I dropped encyclopedia words, so now you can start figuring out that I'm old. <laughs> but, I but, but, you get, but, you, but you get the point. Is what yeah. salespeople is if you want to understand how to drive great business conversations, is learn the industry's lingo that you're selling into and learn what your clients and prospects are reading and become students of what they read
2: mm-hmm. yeah. as a sales professional. Your goal should be the, you want to be the only one that those leaders will take a meeting with. You want all the other reps to be the donut droppers and you yeah. want to be the value provider. And so you got to figure out how to do that. And that's a series of individual sales. Just break it down like you would a sale. So first step, build credibility. How do I do that? How do I reach out to this person and say, here's something valuable for you. You can email them a report. You could say, Hey, you know what? I'm reading this. Think it impacts your industry. When you have a second, love to talk to you about it. Here it is. Simple. That's a simple thing that you can start to do, but you build that credibility. You build up the insights that you know, the business. So now you've got that trust factor going. Mm-hmm. and you already know that they like you because they bought from you before. So now you're just, you're setting up an opportunity, you know their business, and you're not waiting for the next sales cycle. You're creating your in, right? Does that make sense? Like, am I, you're Absolutely. figuring out where you fit into their needs.
0: Yeah, but, but, but here's, here's an interesting thought is how many salespeople out there truly have conversations with their clients, or do they just only talk to them when they want to sell them something? And I want everyone to think about that is when you're going in to see your clients and do the donut dropping, right? Or, boy, I just learned something, donut droppers. That's <laughs> kind of, but you know, is, is seriously, are you having conversations or are you having selling conversations? And I think there's two different meanings behind this. Cause so right. often the only time that salespeople will see their clients is when they want to sell them something. So they have those conversations outside of that what level of conversations they're having with their clients. And I would bet it's slim to none.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're,
1: we're so, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be, there's gotta be, you gotta fill the hole in the middle of the donut, right? You can still bring the donut, but I mean, you've got to have an insight, a nugget. No, you've got to have, um, you know, you've got to be able to bring ideas to the table. And I think, you know, that 10X you were talking about, Larry, is, is is the goal, right? Is to be able to, in the area of, of specialty that you have as applied to your client base, that you truly do have insights to add to the to the table. And it re- requires the behind-the-scenes homework to be able to do that. That's the hard work of a selling-from-the-heart sales professional, is that we, we really are dedicated to doing the homework, reading, consuming uh, content, synthesizing it so that we can bring some value valuable insights to the table and that you know so we're not just dropping the donut we're dropping real solid ideas that can spark conversation
2: mm. and when you do that do you find I know in my experience and, and in my coaching experience I found that that in terms of going through the sales process makes everything that comes after it so much easier. You don't dread the clothes. You know what you're presenting is aligned with the business, the philosophy, you know it's a piece of what they need. You're right. in tune with them. It, it changes everything really going forward. Um, and you mentioned earlier uh, around you know, 2019 and how do we mine for those opportunities in our client base. And I think one tactical solution mm-hmm. is to really sit down and do the exercise of, okay, here's what these people buy from me. Mm-hmm. And then here are all the other services and solutions that they could potentially benefit from, that they could mm-hmm. potentially need, and start that did-you-know conversation, right? So you have to do a whole period of discovery, figure out where they're at, and then say, well, did you know that we also do this? And that might really fit in nicely with what we're talking about. Let's talk about it more. Yeah. So well, that's yeah. that increasing the share of wallet conversation.
0: Well, it's interesting to play off what you just said, Meredith, because um, I've been known to be a smart aleck a time or two. And, and it's really interesting when, when I hear salespeople because I heard it in the bullpens I was in as well. Mm-hmm. I own that account, right? We hear yeah. it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, this is get real. It flows out of salespeople's mouths. And, you know, if Daryl's my sales manager, I'm going to say, hey, Daryl, I own Merit of this account, right? Yeah. J- Locks, and barrel. My I own donuts I bring, every week. Right. <laughs> I, 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 breed, I, I bring non-information-filled donuts to the table. But, uh, but then <laughs> empty then I go, listen, how, and just to your point, how many other things do we sell? You don't own that account until everything that our business possibly can put into that business is in there. Then you own the account. If not, all you're doing is sharing the account with 10 other people.
2: That's right. And when you think about client retention, which is something we don't talk a lot about, but you think about retention, that share of wallet metric, so how what your penetration is in, in that particular account um, is dramatically your your retention is dramatically increased with your share of wallet being increased. Yeah. And then you're taking those relationships to a different level, a really meaningful level. Yeah,
1: but let me throw this into the mix for for you guys. Is 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 the just going in and saying, did you know, I mean,
2: oh no, 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 don't do it. That's the thing. I don't
1: want our listeners to take away from this is the, the, did you know thing? I mean, I like uh, Larry, I look at, we were talking earlier today with a major account uh, person that manages the team and talking about QBRs. And I've seen all these QBRs quarterly business reviews where, you know, the last slide is a, did you know, you know, it's like drum roll, you know, in marketing, it's, it's not that it's, it's saying, did you know, in the context of understanding their business challenge in the context of, um, knowing where they want to go and having a relationship, not, you know, not, Hey, I already sold you something and we got a friendship. So why don't you buy this from me too? Right. Um, and that's the, that's the part I, I want to make sure that, that, that our listeners go, we gotta, we've got to add value. So it's not just aligning up what they buy, what they don't buy. But when we look at what they don't buy, it's, it's understanding that in the context of where we know they want to go and ideas we have and how some of these things might help them get there.
2: Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. You're, you're absolutely right. I, it's, it's in the greater context of a discovery sort of phase, right? So, so you're going in and you're providing the value, but you're also really noticing and understanding what the need is, right? And not just the need, but what, you know, how they want that, how they want to be delivered, what their business objectives are, all that stuff. So yeah, you're never just going in and saying, we do these other things as well. That's a really good point.
1: So how would you coach a rep to have that conversation without it being salesy, like without it being, um, self-interest driven, if you will,
2: Well, if you put the time in ahead of time, then you know how to wrap your offering around whatever it is that they want or need. You know how to speak their language. That conversation is so much easier. I I can't stress this enough. So put the time in in advance and then wrap all of your language, all of your materials around what you know they need and want. The conversations that you've already had, the context that you've already built with them and it'll go miles, right? Everybody knows that your job is to generate revenue. Like there's no secret to your clients that you have something of you want to sell, Yeah, yeah. right? So it's not a shameful thing to have an offering. And I think sometimes you get two, two extreme opposites. You get the people who just go in and slam what they have to offer down right. someone's throat. But then you get the people who are afraid to transition to something that they offer because they don't want to seem salesy. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that transition and the offering. It's what you did before to get there. And then ha- the language that you use. Right. So yeah. you build up to these conversations and then you have language that feels comfortable and good to you. It's just a conversation. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, and um, people will respect you for it. So so the salespeople out there who are listening or go, you know, I don't know how that's going to unravel inside my account. Right flipped their minds and said, you know what, if you start doing this, people are going to respect you because they, they already know you're a salesperson to begin with. Right. Like you said, Meredith, it's your job. Just be normal about going about your business and watch <laughs> exactly. what happens. That's and, right. I mean, it's amazing.
2: That's right.
0: But yeah. I mean, it, it's okay. It's okay to be salesy without being salesy. Mm-hmm. Well, we always—I always said as a rep, I
1: want a seat at the decision-making table. Like, I want to—I want to earn a seat at the table because I'm bringing value. Value. I'm trusted. uh, I'm—you know—the trusted advisor status and all of that. If we want to, if we truly, and 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 if we, you know, it's so funny because we work so hard to get that—you know—favored position before the deal's done with a, a new client. You know, we want to be at the top of the stack. We win the deal, but if we're going to maintain that seat at the table, we've got to maintain that seat at the table, which means we've got to be offering things that are valuable. We can't just bring donuts to the meeting. We've got to be able to bring ideas. And, and uh, boy, I, I am so challenged, Meredith. I think uh, you know, this, is, this is such a great conversation and such, a, a, such an important thing um, for all of us to be thinking about in terms of how can we look at our current client base how can we look at, at um, you know, ourselves honestly and in the mirror and go, do I really have something to add? What do I have to add to this client? And, and the, the reality is you have a lot. You, you have more than you realize. Maybe we don't think mm-hmm. in that category. But the other thing is we got to keep pouring stuff in the top. We've got to keep educating ourselves. We've got to keep um, looking for insights that we can bring to the table to help our clients run their business better. And then, then I love what you said. It's the next step is taking a strategic look at what they buy, what they don't buy, and going, where, where can we find a way to align um, to help them hit their objectives with this? Like, what can we bring to the table consultatively to help them, uh, to help them hit their business goals? And, and hopefully in the process, use more of the products, services, and solutions that we sell. Great, mm-hmm. challenging things. Any words of wisdom as we wrap up?
2: Yeah, I guess the only thing I would add to everything you just said is be comfortable and understand yeah. that you're not going to be able to meet their needs every time. And the sales professional who's able to say, I'm not what you need in this exact situation is the one that will win in the long run. Because oh, being, yeah. being able to back out of something and just realize that that perspective that you added is just as valuable, you'll win. And you'll you'll retain that person forever. So don't feel like you have to be the one that gets them everything they need. You don't.
0: That's- no, and, and, and what's really interesting, and just to layer on top of that, what you just said is you just wow, can you imagine a sales rep who says, you know what, Meredith? You know, what I have to offer may not be the right fit, but I know somebody mm-hmm. in some organization that is. Would you mind if I bridged an introduction? So that person may be able to help. Could you, you know, would you be open to that? And now listen to what happens. That's huge.
2: Yep. Yep. You'll know that you've made it as a selling from the heart sales professional. When your clients call you, when they have business challenges and they want to get your opinion. Oh man. Yeah. That that is is when you know that you've made such a difference in this person's business and in their life and that you've elevated yourself to having the honor of doing that with them. You've made it at that point. You still need to work to maintain it, but you've done your job and you should feel good about it.
1: Wow. That, that we can write that one down, Larry. That was so well said Meredith. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're so glad you're part of the selling from the heart community. You're a champion for this. Uh, Meredith, I, you're the real deal. And we really appreciate you sharing time with all of us today. And uh, for everyone who's joined us this week, thank you so much. Uh, it's just such a, it's so exciting to see the community and the, the movement that's growing around, going uh, growing around all of this. And as always, want to keep encouraging you to being genuine, be honest, bring value, do the hard work, and specifically this week. Take a close look at how you're interacting with your current clients. Do you have something to add? If not, fix it. And what can you do to bring bring more to your current client base? And inside that, I really believe that, Meredith, you've given us the key to have maybe the most successful year we've ever had. Till next week, keep being real, keep being honest, keep doing the hard work. Most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the Salescast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.